Welcome to another episode of Getting Down to Business. I'm Ashley Curtis, Career Counselor and Internship Coordinator with the Moomba College of Business. And I'm Jewel Brown, Academic and Career Advisor. And we are your hosts for this career podcast, connecting students to uh, leadership opportunities, to employers, and hopefully discovering some unique insights into different industries. And if you have a question or topic, please DM us on social media at USF Muma. Great. Thanks for that, Jill. Um, everyone, I am so excited to introduce today's guest. I know him from my time uh, when I was working on the Tampa campus. We worked together as Alumni Advisory Council. Um, today we have with us founder and CEO of Financial Optimist, Jorge Soriano. Jorge, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me here. I appreciate you both. Um, why don't you just go ahead and tell our guests a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, Jorge Soriano, uh, again, founder of Financial Optimist. I'm a financial planner and tax consultant. Uh, finances is something that I've always been really, really passionate about. And taxes have been too, uh, which is a bit surprising to folks, but it's true. I really always enjoyed that. Um, a little bit about my career kind of trajectory and uh, you know, kind of like where, where I got to be, where, where I am today. I would say it started off as interning. Uh, for a financial advisor in downtown Tampa. Uh, really scary at the time because I was just kind of thrown and just here, make a bunch of calls and <laughs> have people come to our luncheon that we're hosting next. And that was a bit terrifying, uh, being green and naive, you know, not knowing what I didn't know at the time. Uh, from there, I just kind of continued uh at least this 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 thought or this dream that maybe I could be like that. Maybe I could be a financial advisor, but it was also a bit uh, terrifying to think about, well, what are all the steps that I need to take to even get there? Mm -hmm. um, so anywho, uh, long story short, from there, I was able to uh, work at a prominent uh, financial institution, Raymond James, here locally. And it was actually through uh being part of the the corporate mentor program and being part of you know being engaged at USF and with a lot of the different uh opportunities that 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 you know I was involved in that gave me eventually that opportunity to 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 intern at Raymond James mm -hmm. and uh that was more of a support role it was more behind the scenes but it gave me a good of a, a framework uh, as far as the processes and the different type of services that the financial planning industry was doing at the time. Um, but I knew I wanted to be more client facing. I just, again, didn't know how to get there. It wasn't until maybe three, four years after working at Raymond James again in that support role that I eventually uh, got an opportunity to work uh, as a banker uh, with uh, JP Morgan. And at JP Morgan, I was able to get what I needed, which is that client phasing structure that allowed me to, again, uh, develop my interpersonal skills a little bit more. It allowed me to speak a little bit better in, in, in front of people, which ultimately led me to, uh, after just one year of tenure in that role, to go into the financial advisor role at JP Morgan. And it was from there that I basically continued to learn the trade um, and, um, from there I was able to just focus on continued education. I was able to get my, uh, certified financial planner designation. And from there, I basically 
was trying to figure out my next moves, trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. And, and I knew that deep down inside, I wanted to be a business owner again. The ongoing take here is that I just didn't know what I, what to do. <laughs> and, and, and I just kind of continued to coast, honestly while I figured out my next moves. And I was given an opportunity with the local credit union here at uh, in Tampa. I took that opportunity. And then eventually, after a few years with, uh, with that local company, I decided it was time. I, I, didn't, I didn't have uh, excuses anymore. Like the excuses that piled on earlier in my career, the fact that I had lack of experience, that was checked off. The fact that I had lack of resources financially, that was checked off as I was continuing to save and save for the impending doom of, uh, am I even going to make it, right? So those excuses just kind of checked off, checked off, checked off. And then eventually I decided, all right, it's time. And I opened doors in uh, 2021 uh, with actually a different name. At the time, it was Financial Planning for Good. And I'll kind of get into that later, but it's now <laughs> Financial Optimist. I love it. Uh, we rebranded. Um, but um, that is a bit of the career trajectory into where I am at today. Ooh, this is so many topics that we really do want to dive into deeper, especially like the internship, the mentoring program. Yeah. So we are definitely going to um, ask further and uh, dig further into those questions. Yeah, let's go all topics. in. All right. All right. <laughs> Before we do that, we'd like to do a little rapid fire game with you mm -hmm. to get to know you a little better. All right. Sure. So would you rather see the future or change the past? Oh, change the past. Uh, <laughs> no, I, that's not my answer. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I'm just saying change the past. Uh, how many okay. things would I change? Yes, I would change quite a lot. But no, I, I will not change anything. I am good where I'm at. I feel extremely privileged and so fortunate. Uh and I just think uh, things have a way of playing out in a way that they just, they just, they just make it work. Right. And and with yeah. good resilience, um, yeah, good resilience is 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 just a proven track way record of things will work out the way they're meant to be. So, uh, yeah, for me, it would be uh, <laughs> looking uh, at the future. Um, hopefully, get those. Uh, 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 lottery winning ticket numbers. <laughs> and, uh, once I do, uh, well, I guess I'm set. Yeah. So that's my answer. Okay. Very cool. Uh, next is, would you rather explore locally or vacation internationally? Uh, internationally for sure. Uh, I feel like I've done a great way of exploring locally already. So that's already checked off. Um, my wife and I, we joke that we sometimes are tourists in our own cities, mm -hmm. or at least we act like it. Yeah. And, uh, that makes it, uh, to do like little fun getaways, even here locally. And I think right. everybody should do that. Uh, there's a lot of things that St. Pete has, a lot of things that Tampa has. So there's go always out there new and things explore. popping up, new yes. restaurants, new avenues Absolutely. to try. I mean, it's never ending. Yes. I love it. Yes. But the answer yeah. is 100% international <laughs> because- there is so much out there to see. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as an avid uh, travel reward enthusiast <laughs> that enjoys, uh, you know, using points to travel abroad mm -hmm. and travel all over the world, there is just so much to see. So I'm going to continue that as uh, as my uh, my go to like it. All right. Last one. Plants or pets? Uh, plants. <laughs> uh, that one's an easy one. I'll tell you why. So. 
Uh, I have a newborn. Uh, she is 13 months old. Every time we take a stroll down our neighborhood, she absolutely lights up. I'm not kidding. She makes this like, I'm going to make the noise. <laughs> and she is just all over the place every time she sees a dog. And I am Sounds sorry like to disappoint her. <laughs> Uh, in the future, I absolutely will disappoint her. And for those that are viewing or even listening to this uh, podcast, I promise you, I will not cave in because oh, I don't want pets. I No, you no, I don't want pets. <laughs> Here's wears, the thing. Who Here's has the, thing. the most say in the family? Your, Here's, does your wife? May I, she does. But <laughs> luckily, she is in the same. Oh, 100 percent. This is a daughter. I mm. wear the pants, but she wears the belt. <laughs> and that's what keeps the pants, you know, up yes. and steady. Anywho. Uh one of the things that I would say about pets is I love them. I absolutely love pets. I will gladly take your dog or cat if you need any help temporarily. Mm. You know, just a good old, right. you know, three days, four days, and I will then give them back to That's you. That's what people say about children as well, you know. Right. But children, <laughs> in this case, I will gladly keep my beautiful daughter. <laughs> but your pets, you know, it, it's uh, I, I will just uh, do a bit of doxit and that's about it. Take that. Plant lovers are just so I'll, I'll I'll go with the plants, even okay. though unfortunately I'm still working on the green thumb. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's on record now. So <laughs> 15 years from now, when she I'm not gonna have you could ask me. So I'm, you can pull this up and say <laughs> no, I, but I said it. It's I had to stick way. to my. Mm, you know, we we will see. Well, thank you for playing. And now we'd like to get down to business <laughs> a little bit, a little bit further, as we talked sure. about. And you you talked about your career journey. So. Mm -hmm. What led you to um, launch Financial Optimist? Yeah, I think for me was just simply um, wanting so very bad to be a successful entrepreneur or having the opportunity to serve the families that 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 I give advice to in 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 the right way or in the most unbiased and true financial partner that they could count on. And, and I never felt like I may have had that opportunity when I worked uh, under, you know, another company or an umbrella of, of the different companies that I worked for. Mm -hmm. And um, to add to that, I would say it was just always simply a dream of mine to, to have the flexibility, mm -hmm. uh, which you know, be, becoming a business owner is definitely challenging in many ways. But ideally, if 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 you're setting it up in a way that you're very intentional about how you want the practice to be, and in my case, it is one that that the most upfront priority is having that well balanced lifestyle, uh, which allows me to come in here in the middle of the mm -hmm. day and not have to worry that you know, like, oh, time is ticking, or I have to get to my next appointment, or just having that, I think, is important. When you were growing up or your family, your network, do you have did you have any support or resources within your own network or were you really striking out on your own and having to build as you already kind of walked us through your path? Right. Did you have do you have any family members that were already in this industry or, you know, that's a lot to tackle on your own? Yeah, 100 percent. I think that that. uh that's always been uh, one of the the ongoing challenges that I faced, mm -hmm. which is, again, a bit of analysis paralysis. I, I get that a lot where if I don't know 
the steps that I'm going to take from A to Z. If I don't have that vision, I tend to kind of clam up and not act, even though sometimes that is a detriment. Because ideally, if you have A to B, just act on that and then focus maybe <laughs> C. But there's just something in me that doesn't allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. And certainly not having uh, fluency in, in my, you know, immediate household or, mm-hmm. or you know, individuals mm-hmm. that I knew, it was difficult to think about, you know, how do I even get this going? Or yeah. even business owners for that matter. Right. Um, but, but. I did have different mentors that I would lean on. Awesome. And, and I think that that would be key, whether that was through the different organizations that I was <clears throat> part of. And at the time, corporate mentor program mm-hmm. at USF, which is still an amazing program that is run incredibly well. That really allowed me to just meet different individuals in the business or in that particular profession that, you know, I, I could at least ask questions or I could at least. Right you know, have a conversation as to how they ran their businesses, what were some of their challenges. And, and, and more importantly, I think that just kind of gave me and built confidence, especially yeah, when you have a, awesome. a good uh, mentor mm-hmm. that can build confidence and that can uh, push you to be the best you that, that can, that can lead to, to greatness. Because many students don't have some, they're not following on the heels of someone else either like yourself. And so I think it's nice to hear and then how to find the resources, how to find connections that can help you grow professionally and also towards your goals. So thank you. And lastly, if, cause this is coming, um, as I'm thinking about this, one of the biggest things that changed my trajectory, and this is, this is unfortunately doesn't have to do with USF, but well, in many ways it does because USF at least prepares you, uh, or at least again, the, the different types of, of, of alumni engagements that I did, or even the different types of uh, uh, networks that I joined, it did give me the opportunity to continue to move forward. And what I mean by that is one thing that I was able to do is that I was able to join different conferences. And Mm -hmm. I think that is incredibly valuable. So if you have a particular field that you love, or if you have a passion that you want to hopefully have these skills that you're developing, or maybe you're naturally gifted at a particular skill set that you have, and you're wanting to get to that next phase of, well, how can I put my passion and skill sets and make money out of it? (laughs) And whatever that profession may be, I highly, highly encourage you to bet on yourself. And sometimes, unfortunately, that may mean actually paying for things out of your own pocket, because maybe your current company is not you know, aware or even they wouldn't want to pay for you to be a completely different career. My point is that I took the initiative to purchase the conference ticket, Mm -hmm. the flight, the hotel. And even though that was an investment and it was a bit costly, I knew that if I would show up to this conference and I would shake the right hands, that that would lead me hopefully one step closer to my ultimate goal. And this particular conference was basically a conference of other like-minded individuals Mm -hmm. that were trying to become business owners, that were trying to understand the steps that one would have to take to become a financial planner and be an independent owner, Mm -hmm. especially what I wanted to be again, which was having a lifestyle practice, a one-person shop. 
which is really scary. <laughs> but that's what I wanted. I just wanted yeah. to have myself and I, no employees, no additional associates, just simply myself. And in going to that conference, uh, I was able to build a lot of confidence because I was seeing individuals that were younger than me being successful, individuals that had less uh, experience than me, that had less knowledge than me. So now again, my list of excuses of why I couldn't achieve <laughs> this particular goal just kept getting checked off. Yeah. And the ultimate part was, which is always the scariest thing, was the leap of faith yeah. and just doing it and committing to it. But that's another story. That's mm -hmm. just an internal ongoing struggle that you deal with. And eventually when you're ready, and for me, it was getting married, <laughs> having the support of my wife and having a lot of these different list of, again, excuses being checked off. But that's what I needed from a conservative mm -hmm. standpoint. And, you know, I in many ways am privileged because not a lot of people have those same different trajectories, but that's what I needed. And mm -hmm. thankfully it worked out for me. Um, Jorge, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. We're talking about like how you got to where you were at and your journey so far. But at the start of our conversation, you shared with us that you've had several roles between Raymond James, JP Morgan Chase. Um, and I'm hoping you can share with us what are some similarities um, and some differences that you've noticed when working for uh, private versus public financial planning firms or just even between working for larger and smaller firms? Yeah, that's a good, uh, good question. I would say overall, the similarities are going to be that, you know, every firm and every individual, whether it be small, large, private, public, ideally cares for the client and wants to do the best mm -hmm. things for the clients that they're serving and the families that they uh, that they help and guide. The differences between a private firm or a public firm or a larger firm and, and again, a smaller firm, I would say is smaller firms such as what I am, which is what I'm considered an independent uh, registered investment advisory firm. And it's just me, right? A one person <laughs> shop. Um, it allows me to be more niche focused with the clients that I serve versus if I were to be employed by a larger corporation, the truth is you have to please your higher ups. Mm -hmm. And the way that you please your higher ups is by bringing in revenue, you know, being a profitable center, rightly so. But sometimes that means that in order to have the highest revenues that you have to be accepting of all, which is good, but sometimes all the different types of families that you're accepting in may not really fit with the niche that you're wanting to focus on, or maybe doesn't fit with your own personality, or it doesn't fit with your own uh, values. And sometimes that can have a bit of an internal struggle inside of you if you're essentially helping someone or trying to guide someone that you really maybe don't like. Uh, so that honestly comes to mind. And being a business owner, uh, I'm able to, you know, pick the families that I serve just as you're able to pick me as a financial planner. I'm able to do the same. So I think that that's a real life ex example of the differences, I would also say a big difference is, at least for 
when I started my firm is that the way that I get paid is a little different than the normal way of getting paid as a financial planner in a bigger firm. The industry as a whole is one that you either get charged commissions or you get charged assets under management. And maybe this is a little bit more information than you like to know, but what I'm getting at is that's the way of doing things. And that's just the standard. While I chose to do something a little different, I just get paid on an hourly rate and you are paying me for my time, not the assets under management or the assets that you're bringing in. It's just a flat rate. And I think that that is a more inclusive and much more unbiased way that avoids conflicts of interest. But that is just my personal opinion. Yeah. One of the things as you were talking that I want to add on to is so typically when Jill and I meet with students, I think uh, a common question that we get is, you know, am I do I benefit more for an internship with a small firm or a larger firm? And I'm curious your take on based on your experiences, what benefits are there for internships if a student goes the larger firm route versus Again, that smaller firm. That is such an awesome question. Um, <laughs> On the daily. <laughs> that, I mean, that's great. That's great. I, I think it, 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 the question is valid, but I think more valid than that would be just being picky about who that mentor or who that manager will be. And that manager or that individual that is giving you guidance, whether it be on the large scale firm or the much, much smaller firm, if they're actually taking the time to giving you guidance and they're taking the time to answer your questions, because in the beginning, ideally you're hungry, you're hungry for knowledge. You're just Mm -hmm. wanting to learn, you know, you're naive, you're green, you're wanting to, again, just explore and, and want to understand these opportunities. And whoever is going to take the time to give you that guidance, I think, is the clear winner, whether that individual just so happens to be at that large firm or on the smaller firm. I've seen it both ways. One could argue that the large firm is maybe more structured. They have a lot of processes already in place. And if if for some reason this particular individual is not able to give you the guidance that you seek, I'm positively sure if, again, they're a good mentor or they're a good manager, they're going to give you and introduce you to a partner, an associate that can hopefully lead you to where you want to be versus, let's say, someone wanting to intern with me. Well, it's only me. If I don't know the answer, (laughs) well, tough luck. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to introduce you to anybody. I mean, I guess I could and I should certainly, but I don't have a process in mind and I'm very, you know, all over the place. I have to get a couple of things going. And so I I don't know. I think that's a good question, but I would say to answer it, I think it really, really depends on the, hopefully the individual that is going to serve as your acting manager. And that individual, that supervisor can make the world of difference. And as I'm hearing you, I'm thinking students could look at this two ways, right? One, as I'm interviewing at different internship companies, really, you know, coming back to, we always Mm -hmm. say, like, make sure you know what you want, what your values are so that you're interviewing them Mm. just as much as they're interviewing you. 
Or you could also look at it, let's say, because I think students also associate associate my mentor is my supervisor. But if you go work for a larger firm or even a mid-sized firm where you're working with multiple people, get to know those people because you might find that someone who you end up developing a mentorship relationship with um, might not be your direct supervisor and, and someone else. So those are at least for mm-hmm. me, the two things that are coming to mind is one, think about, you know, your own values as you do your internship search. And then two, once you're inside an internship, regardless of who your supervisor is, make those connections so that you're you're getting to develop those positive relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Self-reflection is key here. Understanding what is it that you want. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's easier said than done, because in the beginning, you know, maybe it's about chasing the money or maybe it's about, OK, how do I just start paying off these student loans? I don't have time to focus on all of these uh, next steps. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a game of, of your career path. Right. Mm-hmm. But just if you're genuine and if you are an individual that is hungry to learn and ideally you're able to focus on what is it that you are interested in? What is it that you want to continue to explore? And maybe what comes naturally to you? Uh, if you could kind of focus on those things and then just ask for more knowledge, I think good things will, will come wherever you may be. Awesome. Thanks. I was going to add to the fact that having the opportunity to even have two experiences like that, one that could be a smaller one that is larger to be able to uh, compare and contrast for students is important. Now we know not everybody has this type of time, but the sooner you start, the more opportunities you have to build these experiences outside of the classroom. And so that's what I try to emphasize to students, which you had those types of opportunities. So, um, you know, because you're going to figure out what does fit. And to me, that was our next question is your fit in the market. So I'm curious about the rebrand, but also how you determined your niche. And then again, what led you to the new name? Yeah. So what led me to the new name, even though <laughs> I, I, I've learned to love it now and I, and like I, it, and, I like and I really enjoy it, but it was actually one of those challenges that being an entrepreneur has to face and 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 it uh was not pretty uh the story behind that is that i got a cis and desist letter about the name mm. financial planning for good ah. and uh that's because i was trying to trademark financial planning for good mm-hmm. and unbeknownst to me being green being my first time ever trying to trademark a name uh a very similar like uh firm was out there uh, with uh with a similar name and as soon as they caught with that i was trying to trademark that i got a letter from their attorney <laughs> telling me hey you really shouldn't do that and uh yeah we don't like what you're doing and of course the immediate thing that i do is cry <laughs> and start thinking of like oh my god <laughs> Uh, I dedicated so much time, so much energy, so much thought to the name, to the core values. I even had an acronym of good. Okay. Like, I mean, so much. Uh, And now I'm thinking like, uh, oh my God, this time is wasted. Like pretty much, but no, it wasn't. I mean, it's still a good learning opportunity. It's how you come out ahead. So 
you know, I have to pivot. You have to pivot, uh, which is just, <laughs> it's a thing. You it have is to common in the world. do it. Uh, uh, not only as an entrepreneur, but even just your life, yes. you just have to learn to pivot. And, and the right. more you're able to adapt and the more you're able to kind of take that fall and stand up and try again, I think obviously the better off things will be, but it is hard in the beginning. And, and it was hard. There was a two week period there in my life where I was extremely depressed. I'm thinking worst case scenario. Oh my God, I have to start all over. What does this mean? I have to then worry about compliance. I have to do this. I have to inform all of my clients. Oh my God, how dare I change the name? How dare I come from a point of I messed up or, mm. you know, owning to like having to do everything again, but like anything else. Okay. You embrace the suck and you <laughs> take it a step at, at a time and a day, at a, a day at, a, at a time. And, and it worked out because I ended up coming up with a better name and uh, I rebranded and no one cared. They just cared that I was there for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was the thing. Like, you know, I was focusing on the wrong things. And um, anyways, it was financial planning for good. Uh, but now it's financial optimist and uh, I'm, I'm glad how it all turned out. You know, the process, though, what you went through, the emotions that came about, mm -hmm. the flood, the the, th the thought that everything is just crashing down. Mm -hmm. This is common. And it's nice that you share this as an entrepreneur and somebody thinking, oh, my gosh, I've sunk how many years of my life into this mm -hmm. project. And now but it wasn't that extreme. No. But it's important to express those emotions, right. get them out there, process and then regroup to say, OK, hold up. Here's what I need to do. Boom, boom, boom. Set your checklist again and start ticking things off. And yeah. it sounds like you were able to do that. And and again, your clients, they care about you and the and the service you provide. Right, right. And I mean, it's not like, again, now, if let's say I had a bunch of employees and I wanted yeah. this grand vision of growing and being the next Raymond James, which I absolutely do not. <laughs> uh, again, I just for the most part, it's going to be me, myself and I. Uh Hopefully, even my, uh, you know, kids, I would hope one day. But if, if not that route, I'm not going to force them. We're not going to get into a succession uh, issue here. I don't know if you guys are are, are uh, uh, fans of the of the show. It's it's fantastic. But um, yeah, I would say it's just me, myself, and I. So at the end of the day, who cares what the name of the firm is? Really? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, and I didn't have that perspective. It's easier to laugh about it now for sure. I want to come back to, um, you've talked about experiences. You touched briefly on internships mm -hmm. that you've had. Mm -hmm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how those internships have prepared you for where you're at now? Yeah. Uh, internships are certainly invaluable. Uh, they're priceless because, you know, you are able to learn the trade, ideally from a standpoint of the business owner or the, uh, you know, the, the team that you're with. And it's certainly great if they're paid, but if they're not paid, they're still priceless because it teaches you to just understand the the, the services out there and, and just kind of understand whether you choose to go the route that they were going or you choose to take a left turn like I did and go a little bit different turn. But either way, yes, they're invaluable. Uh, for me, I started my internship again uh, back in the day when the financial crisis was going on mm. in, uh, in, in, in 2008. And 
it just kind of gave me a a perspective into the world of finances because again coming from a poor income family i i never really had that but with with the internship that 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 i had which at the point was at the po- at the time was unpaid um it just allowed me to understand that world a little bit better from there on i had another internship uh this time it was paid um and thankfully that actually led to my full-time job at Raymond James so that's certainly invaluable the fact that ideally if you do good enough or if you prove yourself or if 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 everything aligns and they're having an opportunity that could hopefully lead to a full-time job and mm-hmm. you know certainly in the beginning money is important while you're trying to focus on paying everybody that you lent from like your student mm-hmm. loans or credit cards uh, you know your car loans etc so internships are wonderful 100% yeah that's huge i mean i think you know that's always our goal right mm-hmm. jill and i meet with students and i always say when i'm talking with students like ideal scenario it's a win win for both you and the employer you both have a positive experience they come back and say hey we liked having you we want to bring you on full-time right um and you know i think to jill's point earlier i always say i think i've been coined for saying internships are like ice cream you know i like that tell me more i love ice cream (laughs) i know chocolate chip mint strawberry right Mm -hmm. every time you try a different internship whether that's at a big firm a small firm you're getting to try essentially a different flavor of ice cream Right. And so you get to figure out what you like and you don't like. You don't know if you do or do not like strawberry if you've never had it. And so getting to figure out maybe you like like the little tiny strawberry pieces inside (laughs) the strawberry ice cream. And so when you go to the next firm, you're like, oh, I'm looking for those, you know, strawberry pieces. So really just it's all about coming back to getting to try different things and figure out what the best fit is for you. Hear me out. Yeah. You open up an ice cream shop. <laughs> you have a bunch of different samples. Yeah. You like to try samples, right? Yep. Yeah, we all do. That's what internships are. Yeah. A couple of little samples from ice cream, huh? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just, you know, adding to your no, ice cream analogy. <laughs> and then you figure out, okay, I, I do like. Uh, now all I can think about is ice cream. <laughs> yeah, is there ice cream being served after this? No, That's the important Do we question. Have a truck out front. Come on, we'll make campus. That All right. Yeah. Now, okay, we we will pivot on the ice cream conversation. Yeah. But um, you touched on the USF's corporate mentor program, right? How did you even find out about it? Because we want other our students to know that this is an opportunity. And then again, maybe talking about some of the benefits. Uh, you touched on a few, but maybe go into some further details? Yeah, great question. So for me, I lived with my mom in Tampa, outside of uh, the campus, 30 minutes away, 35 minutes away, Mm -hmm. sometimes even 45 with traffic. (laughs) Yeah. What that did not allow me to do is obviously be on campus all the time. I remember being very, very intentional about picking two to three days at the very most where I was in school, where I was actually at the campus, so I could have the other days working. And ideally, I would love, love to be in school only two days 
where from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., it's all USF. The other days are, you know, part-time uh, job, even internships. Right. What I'm getting at here is the fact that it was really important to me that at least in the days that I was in the campus, that I was active and that I was engaging outside of the courses that I, I was yeah. taking. And yes. I had, you know, three hour breaks here, two mm -hmm. hour breaks, an hour break. And I took it upon myself to just simply start by number one, getting the free food, wherever there was food, <laughs> I was there. Uh, you know, let's get some drinks. Yeah, sure. Oh, t-shirt. Sure. I'll add it to the stash. <laughs> My point is, you know, USF still does a great job at that mm -hmm. where they, you know, want to make sure that you're engaging. And number one way to have the students engage is giving them free food and giving them like freebies and things like that. So I was there. I was taking advantage of that. And it was through many of those little invites that I would uh, take it upon myself to do that um, that I heard of the corporate mentor program. I also uh, rushed a uh, business fraternity. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was one of the two business fraternities on campus. It, it was it's called uh, Alpha Kappa Psi, and that also gave me again just additional confidence that other individuals in mm -hmm. the in the in the in the organization were you know part of the knowledge base of all the different things going on in campus because it's impossible to keep track of all the different things going on but if you have a collective group of individuals of different resources that are at least telling you about hey here's another date here's another uh, luncheon here's another uh invite that hopefully if you take it upon yourself to act upon being there, being attentive, showing up, that's half the battle. If you can do that, hopefully you'll learn about all these different resources. How did I actually learn about the CMP? Through doing that, mm -hmm. just being active. And um, when I did, I met at the time the director, had a great conversation with them. And um, that led again to just being active with the program and uh, going through, you know, the etiquette dinners, uh, a lot of the different, um, you know, business mm -hmm. attire. So mm -hmm. it, 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 it was really, really good. Uh, I cannot stress it enough. Something that I want to emphasize here, especially for our commuter students, right? So you, I think, were very strategic, it sounds like, in your approach to your involvement with campus, given that you were commuting. Right. And so I think it's really easy for our students who live on campus where it's like, you know, you're walking from, you know, the <laughs> student center yeah. to your buildings and you see different tabling going on. But if you're in the mindset of I'm going to class and then I'm going home, you don't get that extra engagement. Right. So being intentional of if you're a commuter right. student, I would say spend figure out spend an extra couple hours on campus where you can interact with different student Absolutely. organizations and things like that that's key because you could technically have the mindset of coming to class going right out coming back or you know just going to lunch maybe not interacting maybe just keeping with your small group of friends and colleagues but ideally, what I'm getting at is that if you're intentional about pushing yourself, pushing a little bit of the boundaries and just kind of meeting other folks, other organizations, I think that that would lead to 
opening doors, whether it's not immediate or maybe in the in the long term. But I, I, I do think that that's important. Absolutely. I really appreciate that you brought this up because it, that intentionality and our population is strong on commuters. I mean, we do have residents, but mm-hmm. we also have a strong commuter population. And it's important to think about that time that you spend on campus is not just for the classroom, but also for connecting. And we've seen over and over with the guests on the show that the students that make those intentional decisions to engage with USF in whatever means, way, shape, form. And it can be within the College of Business, but it can be with an international program. It can be with the dance club. I don't care what it is. Just get involved with something that you enjoy because that that passion will lead to doors. Yeah. And and you mentioned something, Jill, that now thinking back... You asked me in the rapid question, do you want to see the future? Do you want to change the past? <clears throat> Again, I'm still on the future side here. But if I did have to change one little thing about my past, it would be to figure out a way to do the international program. Mm. I, I did not get an opportunity to do that. And I think in many ways that led me to have the travel bug right after I, I, I finished school. So, you know, I've traveled. Don't feel too bad for me. But I did really, really, really want to do that. Uh, one thing that... Yeah, that I I, I kind of wish that I had the opportunity was living on campus. If you live on campus, I'm telling you right now, you have no excuse not to be involved <laughs> because yeah. like you have so many opportunities for those that are even even if you're working a little bit while while you're you know being on campus and 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 just make it an effort to meet other people, meet different organizations. There's so many different interests and 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 and, and and just explore, really, really take the time to do so. Very good. Um, You know, I mentioned in the beginning, you and I met originally in our work together through the Alumni Advisory Council. Um, And so I, you know, in my time there, I think it's amazing to see what the work that that council does and the different ways that alumni can get involved. Can you share with us your own experiences and, you know, just how can students engage as alumni? And then if you also don't mind sharing a little bit about the application process for the Alumni Advisory Council. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The Alumni uh, uh, Council is fantastic. It was first um, something that uh, Dean Moez uh, came to mind with, and I have the utmost respect for for our former dean of the College of MUMA. Um, He's always going to be a bull in my heart. And I miss him dearly. He is someone that I look up to very, very much. And he really, really cares about students' success. One of the things that he wanted to do was um, give the opportunity for students that are coming out of school, re-engaging back with the campus and re-engaging back with with the university, and giving them an opportunity to have feedback on how, again, they can continue to make things better. Um, and he also opened the doors for some of these students, me included, or I should say as an alumnus, to be part of like even the executive alumni board, which serves, which is another point of the uh, of, of, of the uh, College of, of, of Business. Anywho, I tell you all of this because the Alumni uh, Advisory Council Committee basically 
does a good job uh, about keeping you updated with the ongoing uh, trends that the college is trying to advocate for, the ongoing uh, challenges that the, the college is facing. And it, it is a platform for you to have great feedback, to have other like-minded uh, alumni engage and um, really provide you great networking as well. Um, as long as it, just, again, being part of, of, of something that is meaningful and um, and I think very, very highly of, of the program. It's still going strong, even though the, the Dean Moes is obviously no longer here, but we, we miss him. But we, you know, he left a great, great, uh, uh, a great program behind, along with many others that I'm sure he was part of. But um, that that is a, a program that is very dear to my heart. And um, and it's a lot of really great individuals that are that are part of it. Yeah. And the application process. So is there a specific time where where alumni can join or is it ongoing? Yeah, it's an ongoing recruitment process. Uh, the first thing that I normally uh, tell folks if they're interested in giving back and, and they're part of maybe the uh, the business college uh, and, and, you know, now they've they've they're they're either trying to give back, whether it be with their their money or just simply their time of being a mentor, et cetera. Um, is I would normally send them the bylaws so they have good expectations of, well, this is what it what it's all about. This is your time commitment. This is your, you know, monetarily commitment if, if, if there is such. And if after they read the bylaws, they will then fill out a one page uh, business application, which will then be sent to our uh, recruiting uh, chair. His name is Gain uh, Hayes. Uh, Gaines uh, is a fantastic individual. And he is in charge of basically putting those individuals that want to be part of the alumni council in front of the of the chairs, and then you really do get handpicked, which is pretty uh pretty great. And the individuals are across the board, whether it be individuals that are just graduated last year or individuals that graduated maybe ten years ago. But it, it does tend to be on the younger demographic. Awesome. Thank you. This has been a fantastic episode. I mean, we have talked a lot about internships, involvement, engaging with the MUMA campus and community, the different ways through the mentor program, but also the advi the alumni advisory council. Have we missed anything? Anything you want to share with our listeners that we haven't covered? Um, <laughs> just uh, if I could just recap a couple of the tips that I mentioned uh, earlier as I kind of just think about what we, we, we talked about is be intentional, mm -hmm. um, show up, uh, find out what you're passionate, what, what your skill sets are. And if you can be a little extra hungry for knowledge and, and, and giving your time and giving back, I think good things have come. I really do. Excellent. That's great. Jorge, thank you for being here with us. Yes. Before we close out, mm -hmm. we always ask our guests two final questions. Okay. So the first question I have for you is, if you were to go back and give advice to your college self, uh, so this is that moment that allows you to go into the past, mm -hmm. what, it, what <laughs> advice would you give yourself? Okay. I will give myself a little pat in the back and tell myself, <laughs> hey, you're doing great. Uh, keep it up. Um, if you continue to do what you're doing, 
uh, good things will come and uh, continue to believe in yourself. Mm. Trust your uh, instincts. They are there for a reason. And um, remember that one of the most important things you will do is pick in picking your partner, whomever that may be and, and what, whatever that may look like, but picking your partner can have a very deep, dip, deep impact on your uh, level of happiness. All right. Um, and would you mind if students may want to bend your ear a little bit about your path and if they've heard this and they maybe want some help or trying to figure some things out, how could they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I really, really, really mean this uh, when I say it. It's not just for good PR or whatever. I, I, I do love to give back um, more so my time than my money. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, so. <laughs> For time purposes, yes. If if you need to reach out and you want to have a conversation about just career trajectory or becoming a financial planner, whether it is owning a firm that is big and you want to scale uh, or a one-person shop, I can certainly give you guidance. Um, if you're wanting to have your own tax practice, again, I can give you guidance. Uh, if you're wanting to know... Uh, a topic that I'm just simply not well versed at, I will also tell you, look, I don't know if I'm the right person for this, but maybe let me introduce you to someone that is. Right. So yes, if if, if they want to get information, uh, if they want to just simply learn a little bit more, I would be more than happy to do so. Uh, how to get in touch with me? Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, all the social media outlets. I would say if you search Financial Optimist, okay. you'll uh, you'll see me out there. Fantastic. Thank you. Great. Uh, thank you again. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Getting Down to Business. And shout out to our partners with Innovative Ed uh, for producing this great episode today. We'll see you soon.